welcome back to podcast. I'm Cass and every week I bring you another guest who tells us their story and gives us any tips to combat the shit that life loves to throw our way. My guest this week is such a charmer and gives so many tips on self-awareness and safety. Listening to his tips got me talking of my own experience of being stuck and my behaviour triggers that still exist now. It was a struggle that I've got through and is now been dealt with but at the time was not a comfortable experience and I hope that this helps anybody out there that's experiencing the same. It reveals the history of espionage and how he gives tips to his daughter to give her knowledge to keep her safe. So my guest this week is the one and only PJ Agnes, who is a protective intelligence specialist and author of espionage books. Hi, PJ. Hi, how are you, Cassie? I'm very good and I'm very excited for our conversation. Yeah, I've really enjoyed interacting with you over social media and just talking to you a little bit. I don't get to talk to very many British people. And I find you fascinating. <laughs> it's full of the charm, this one. <laughs> it's charming. I don't know if I'll be able to understand everything you say. Well, we did have a bit of a disagreement on social media about this because yeah. I was telling him about my accent, which is the Yorkshire, Yorkshire accent. And you were telling me that I was talking wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You have a very thick accent. Um, the way that people are supposed to speak is like me. <laughs> in the Midwest, in America, we don't have an accent at all. This is just how people are supposed to sound. <laughs> and then there's those, let me say that again. And then there's those that are in Yorkshire and they're saying, well, everyone should sound like us because we're God's own country. I can't imagine that that wouldn't be jarring for me <laughs> at some point if everybody spoke like that. Um, you know, everyone with that accent, like all the all the guys in movies, are always like hooligans or thugs or. Something like that. <laughs> so are the Not, women. <laughs> some of the women, yeah. <laughs> so what got you into like protective intelligence and self-defense and all everything to do with like spies and espionage? Well, so when I had graduated high school, I was very overweight. And I really thought I needed to find something that would, would help me to get healthier and something I would enjoy. And so I started taking martial arts classes. And I, I eventually went to a Kung Fu class. And then um, I started studying Russian martial arts and Muay Thai, which is just kind of brutal training. Wow. And then I went to an MMA gym, so I just progressively got harder and harder and more challenging training, um, really just because, you know, I was young. I wanted to prove something to myself. I wanted to prove that I could handle it, even if I wasn't going to be some kind of competitive champion or something. Yeah. But then uh, a woman from my church asked me to come and teach the Bible, the women's Bible study, some self-defense. And so I thought, well, I, you know, I have to take some time and really look into what people are doing for self-defense, what are the best self-defense techniques, what's the best way to learn it. And I started teaching that, and I started teaching that on a weekly basis. 
And then I had someone get a hold of me from social media who was dealing with a, a stalker. Wow. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how to handle this situation, but I bet I can learn. And so I really kind of dealt into the protective intelligence to tell her how to handle that situation, how to handle herself. Um, and it it just became a really good fit. And it's it's not necessarily, you know, espionage or spy stuff per se, but it's intelligence gathering, which, by the way, we learned from you guys. See, the Brits do it all. <laughs> yeah. We learned everything that we know from the British. And... Um, I just kind of got interested in that. And so now I do intelligence gathering with the goal of keeping people safe. That's such an amazing way to be. And what a great gift you're giving back from the experiences and, you know, the knowledge that you've learned through just trying to get healthy. Like that's a, an incredible transformation. And what would you give to women that are being stalked? Because I've actually witnessed being stalked myself. Um, I used to have a man that had come into my place of work and he would only come up to me if I was by myself. He would make it known that he was there. He would a horrible little smile. Um, and he just made me feel really uncomfortable in my place of work. And it was only when he saw me with my husband that this man stopped. And it was a horrible feeling. You know, you really touched on something that is a big deal. These predators, these stalkers, really want to get you when you're alone, really want to get you isolated and make you feel alone. And they don't want any resistance, so they don't want to get caught. They they certainly don't want to, you know, have you bring it to the attention of, the, of any kind of authorities or uh, any friends or family that could help keep you safe. And so what I always tell people right away, tell everyone what's going on. Everyone yeah. that you trust, everyone that you interact with, if they're coming to your place of work, you tell all your co-workers. You call them co-workers? In uh, the end? Yeah. Or work, I've heard the word workmates used. We don't really... We don't really talk about workmates. We talk about coworkers or colleagues. I think it's if you're really, really good buddies with them, then they become your workmates. Or if you've got like a special uh, relationship with one of them, they become your work wife. But if it's just people that you know through work, we just call them coworkers. Okay. Yeah. So let all your coworkers know what's going on. <clears throat> Let this per let the person who's stalking you know you're on to them. You're not unaware of this is happening. You're not going to take it from them. And then don't make it easy on them at all. A stalker can follow you, you know, watch you get off work or in your schedule. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's a really creepy thing for someone to do that. But that is called pattern of life when it's like I go to work at the same time. I get off work at the same time. I take the same way home every day. Yeah. I stop at the same places every day. So that makes it really, really easy to stock you. Because you're just constantly doing the same thing. You don't change it up at all. 
they learn right. your routine then, don't they? And it's yeah. easy to incorporate vary. themselves into that. Yep. Vary your routine a little bit. Um, you know, maybe leave for work 15 minutes earlier than you normally would. Yeah. Or carpool with a coworker one day. Yeah. Um, stop at different places, take different routes. Don't make it easy for them to, to stalk you, to follow you. Yeah. Just be a pain in the ass, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if it if it continues, um, that's when you need to maybe get authorities involved, or uh, you know, someone who can protect you, like you know, you with your husband getting involved. It's really shocking that. Even nowadays, like there are predators out there that are looking for these opportunities to cause like misery on people. I, I just don't get what. I, I just imagine this like little person in a big Mac <laughs> with a hat pulled low over the face, creeping some bushes while it's raining. It's like, mate, get a life. <laughs> yeah, it. See, it's abnormal psychology they don't they're not thinking correctly so for you and i to try to understand that is really difficult because you know i look at it and i think about it logically and i go if i stock this woman is it likely to result and she's going to turn around one day and say like you know i think i've fallen in love with you i mean that that never happens no <laughs> so what what do you want to get out of it it doesn't seem advantageous to me but i'm not thinking like a predator so it's very difficult for me to yeah understand. and it's meant because like they think that if they just insert themselves in your life by following your routine and just being there to watch little moments that they're not supposed to they feel like they start to get a relationship with you and then that can create a dangerous situation then uh, it, it absolutely can and we see sometimes where one person feels like they've developed a relationship with someone they're watching or stalking and then when it's not reciprocated or when the other person decides they're going to, you know, get romantically involved with someone else, then there's some anger involved. And sometimes it leads to murder or assault. Uh, so these are very dangerous, serious situations. It is an what may seem as a bit of an annoyance to start with can quickly escalate. And I think that's why I took it so seriously. I mean, I've always been interested in true crime, but this has always been highlighted to me as stalking doesn't just end up being an annoyance. It can es escalate and you are not going to know when it's going to. And for me, it was telling my coworkers, this person is in, can you just keep checking? where I am, just making sure that he's not coming near me, telling my husband constantly, and my husband was coming into my place of work just to try and, you know, stop him from wanting to come near me. And luckily that nipped it in the bud for me in my circumstance, but sometimes that doesn't and it carries on and carries on. And it's great that there's people like you, PJ, in the world that, people can go to and say, I've got this problem. Can you help me? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a problem for a lot of people. And unfortunately going to the police doesn't always help people either. I know, um, where I live, they want you to get a restraining order against that person. So that's like, a document that says you can't be within 500 feet of this person or whatever. 
uh, you have to go to downtown Minneapolis to put in for this restraining order application, which uh, is very time-consuming and uh, difficult to fit into the average person's day. Yeah. And, and not only that, if you don't know who it is, you just, you've just you seen them about, right. how are you supposed to wave a restraining order at them and go, you can't come near me? Well, also, they don't care. Yeah. Most of the time, they don't care. And um, unfortunately, and I've dealt with these situations, the police don't tend to get involved until someone's actually gotten hurt. Yeah. And so it's, it's, um, you know, really falls to personal responsibility to figure out how to handle it, figure out how to defend yourself. And hopefully you're not physically having to defend yourself, but it comes down to that sometimes. Yeah. You've always got to be aware. I mean, I'm, I know since that incident, I mean, luckily it's not happened again since then, but I know since then I have been very, very wary of my surroundings, of people around me, and it's become kind of second nature now to take quick glances around myself so that I can see who's near me and how close they are in my proximity. And I wouldn't have done that if it hadn't have been for this incident that I had. Yeah, it's it's a very good habit to develop. That's called situational awareness. Um, and I can I can definitely give you some some tips to help you with that. People who are predatory tend to be really good at picking out their victims. Yeah. And they look at people who are walking down the street distracted. If you're looking at your phone, if you don't look confident or already look nervous. Yeah. And so just how you carry yourself is, is a big deal. And what I would, what I always tell people to do is pretend you're a bad guy. (laughs) <laughs> go out on the street, go out on the street, and then, well, with your accent, it's not going to be that hard to do. <laughs> go out on the street and just watch people. Yeah. If you had to, if you had to rob one of those people, who would you rob? And I, I guarantee you, you'll be able to pick out someone who looks like an easy target. Yeah. So part of, I mean, a lot of what I do, just telling people, don't be an easy target. Because you don't have to get into a self-defense situation most of the time. You just, you want to avoid it. Yeah. The one thing that I do is, I'm, I'm not even five foot tall. I am a short person. And I think that was one of the reasons why you thought I would be an easy target. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for him, he doesn't realise that women from Yorkshire aren't to be messed with. We can handle our own. <laughs> so if he had have ever tried anything, he would have regretted it. It would have been a very bad decision. But luckily it didn't get to that point. But what I've found now is because I am looking around and I will make eye contact with people and I will smile at them and I'll say, hi. Are you okay there? And because I've acknowledged their presence, they can no longer take me by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder whether that stops 90% of anything happening because I've already acknowledged them. I already know you're there. You are no longer a threat because I know you're there. And they're like, right, don't mess with her. Yeah. Um, Acknowledging people. That confidence that you have to acknowledge people, though, there's a lot of people that don't have that confidence. Right. And that confidence will deter a lot of criminals. Yeah. 
you're just you're not an easy target, so they're going to move on to the next one. Unfortunately, with a lot of criminals, a lot of predators, they're looking for someone, and if you're not a good target, they just find a different target. And it's so bad that you can feel good in yourself that you are not an easy target, but then you feel bad because now that attention has shifted onto somebody else. You haven't thwarted that that attention. You've just passed it on to somebody else who may not be as strong as you are. Well, they're they're always going to look for someone that's not as strong as you are. No criminals. It's not like they want a challenge. It's not like they want to, you know, wrestle with someone or have some kind of contest. They want an easy target. They want someone who. Uh, they can can bully, they can intimidate, they can get their way with. And so really the only thing that you can do about that is more and more people can get educated about this kind of stuff and about how to avoid it. Yeah. They sound like very big manipulators. Like yeah. They're very good at manipulation, trying to get you into a, a situation where you're not comfortable, you know, where you're on your own. So they're constantly manipulating. It's very psychopathic. Yeah, and it's for them, it's a very natural thing. You know, I've, I've taken some classes on espionage and intelligence gathering that have really helped me to influence people when I need to. Yeah. For them, it's a very natural thing. They've just learned how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, psychopaths and narcissists, abusers, they they just learn how to manipulate people. Yeah. It is so strange. So... You use open source intelligent techniques. Can you tell me any more about that? Sure. So open source intelligence, and I think everyone should use open source intelligence, um, is anything that is kind of free and easily accessible, like you don't need to have some secret government clearance or anything. Um, You know, you can look at, crime statistics on a certain area, or you can look look at social media. Um, You can really, you know, kind of use that to figure out where you're going, figure out where the dangers are, figure out where the threats are. Just really, really do your research on not only where you're going, but who you're interacting with, just for the purposes of making sure that you you are in a safe situation. And you yeah. know, we all we all probably have done a little bit of you know Facebook stalking, where you, where you <laughs> kind of look into who someone is using Facebook um, and open source intelligence gathering just goes a little bit deeper than that. It is scary with social media, how much information you can find and you don't have to be a spy to get there. And like, I know I never put on pictures of my son in his school uniform because I don't want that information out there. I, I, I'm very, very protective of the information that I put out and I, I'm constantly checking the privacy settings and Yeah, you you don't have you do a really good job. You don't have a ton of information out there. <laughs> Not that I'd, unless it's something that I want you to see, then yeah. I mean I, I'm right. a very, very open book, but my husband and my son don't want to be part of that. And I have to respect that decision and I have to make sure that. People can find me as a podcaster, can't find me as, you know, anybody else. And 
it's so strange because I, I see constantly, you know, kids with the school uniforms on, people saying, I'm here. I'm at this certain place right now. And it's like, yep. you just, inv- it's inviting people to come in. And although you're doing it to connect with friends, there are people out there just like these predators who are willing to use that information for so much wrong. Um, and it's very easy to track someone that way. If you check into where you are, you're already giving people some information. If you get on social media and you say that you have gone on vacation, well, then you've just advertised to the world that you're not home. And if they yeah. want to come in and rob you, that this is going to be a lot easier because they don't have to worry about you being home and catching them. Yep. One thing I do, and I don't know whether it's just me being me or whether this is a good tip for everybody, but I like to put pictures of my nights out with friends, with my husband, you know. I like to put them out there. But I also don't want to advertise that I'm not home. So what I do is I save them photos and I'll post it the day after. (laughs) That's exactly what you should do. Um, Yeah, we, I do that with, with vacation photos or, um, you know, talk about going on vacation only when I'm actually back. Yeah. Little tricks like that just help protect you instead of leaving you defenseless. Yeah. And there's also, there's a lot of what's called social engineering that goes on to, to get personal information from you. You know, we've all seen, I'm sure we all have friends that they're always taking some stupid quiz or test on Facebook. You know, what Harry Potter person, what Harry Potter (laughs) character would you be or, you know, what kind of superhero would you be? What the- yep. And what we, we don't realize is we are giving people so much information about ourselves. We're a lot of times we're signing into a lot of, of stuff that we don't really check out very well. Yeah. And we're we're giving, you know, information that might be able to help people guess our passwords. Yeah. Help people guess our, you know, some things about our identities that we wouldn't want out there. And it it can be misconstrued as something so innocent, like you said, like a superhero quiz or anything like that. And it's not. These companies are just getting information from you. Right. And a lot of times it's, I mean, it's not a company. You or I could go on to Facebook and make up a quiz and get people's personal information and store that information if we, if we wanted to. And we could, you know, make it seem like we're a legitimate page or some, you know, legitimate company and really get just a ton of information that way. And then people get their their accounts hacked into and we kind of, like, we all have this Hollywood vision of, like, you know, in the Matrix or some movie where some computer hacker is sitting on their keyboard and, you know, typing in all the secret code and stuff. Yeah. Where most of the time they're they're just getting people's information directly from them. We have that a lot over here where we have like text to say Royal Mail's been, but you need to we've missed you and you need to collect your parcel. Please text us back on this number. Or, you know, uh, they'll call and it's, as soon as you answer, it's they're rinsing money out of you. And mm-hmm. it, it's really, really hard. I mean, 
one that's very, very popular of rare is the emails from the Prince of Nigeria that promises if you send him £40, pound, he'll give you millions back. And yeah, I just don't have £40. Pound. <laughs> yeah, people, you know, a lot of people fall for it. That's why they keep doing it. You've just got to be very, very aware and very, you've also got to have like a cynical mind almost. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so hard because I, I know with my son, I want to keep the innocence going as long as possible, but I know at some point I'm going to have to start telling him of the dangers and start warning him of, you know, you've got to stay safe. You've got to let people know where you are. It's just a bit of a, a sad thing that you have to destroy the innocence because of people like predators. Uh, yeah, um, I've actually figured out a really good way to do that with my daughter. Um, she's always wanted a YouTube channel. And so I told her, you know, we'll, we'll find a, a theme and then you know, maybe you can do it. So she does one that, I mean, really just our friends and family. Yeah. So uh, it's it's very, very closed down. It's not open to everybody. Um, We are, there are some things that are, but we are really careful information that we put out there. Yeah. But, um, so she has a spy skills channel and I told her, you know, we're going to be learning these spy skills. And so she just, she learns basic safety skills. She yeah. learns about situational awareness. And, you know, when we go into a building, a lot of time we'll count the exits Yeah. and say, you know, okay, let's say that, you know, something happened where, a bad guy came in or building started on fire. Now we know what our escape routes are. Yeah. Well, we'll, you know, talk about when we go to a restaurant, we'll talk about where we sit and go like from, from this angle, no one can get behind us. We can see the front door. So if any, if anything bad were to happen, if any bad guys were to come in, now we can see the front door. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, really basic first aid and self-defense and health kind of stuff. I know when I was a kid, we had a password with my mom. And if she couldn't make it to pick us up for any reason, and someone else had to come pick us up, we would ask them. And... It had to be something that wasn't related to the family. You could never have guessed it. It was just a silly word. Mm-hmm. I think one of them was like zucchini. You know, we didn't even eat zucchini, but yeah, we came we, up with we this have word. The exact same thing. And, it's, and yeah, it's, it's a vegetable that she would never ask for. Yeah. And, and so I can give that password to someone else who's going to pick her up. But I can also, I also told her um, if she's ever uncomfortable in a situation. She can say that word. Yeah, she says that word. And I don't ask questions. We're going to leave right yeah. away. And then we can talk about it later when we're in a safe place. Yeah. I remember. Someone was staring at her too long. Yeah. Or someone was asking her some some creepy questions and um the reason we we started talking about it is because she was uh in line with my wife at a store and the man behind her started asking her all sorts of weird questions and she's like I don't want to talk. See, that's so bad if you're making a kid feel uncomfortable that's just so wrong I mean, I've had it where, I mean, my son's very, very open. He will chat to anybody. He is a bit like his mum. And um, I had to talk to him about the kind of information we don't give away. And he'd be talking and I'd be having to look at this person and say, right, can you please stop? 
you are making me uncomfortable. You're going to start making him uncomfortable and I want to end this conversation now. And sometimes it was like, they got very, very aggressive about it. And, you know, I was only being nice. It's like, well, there's being nice and then there's crossing the line and I feel like you're crossing the line and that's my personal choice. Right. You don't get to dictate whether you're making someone else feel uncomfortable. They tell you and you have to take their word for it. Yeah. You know, if it happened to me, I would have to just apologize and say, hey, I wasn't trying to make you uncomfortable. Sorry. And then you go on with your day. You do. And I remember the the password at school. We used to drive our nana insane because my nana would come to pick us up. And we'd stand there at the school gate with the teacher behind us and we'd say, what's the password? (laughs) (laughs) She'd be like, you know what the password is. I'm like, yes, but we thought mum was picking us up. So what's the password? And she was, (laughs) we'd get so much grief off of her. But it. Although we was only joking, we knew we were safe with Manana. It was still that we know what we should do. And if we didn't ask, you could tell us off. Yeah. So I know you're writing a new book at the moment based on Izzy's... Oh, sorry. I'll cut that bit out. Based on your daughter's YouTube channel. You want to tell us a bit more about that? Um. Yeah, and we we can say her nickname. It's it's public information. It's right. Okay. It's Izzy. Um, there's there's really no way you can uh, find her, but uh, I'm writing a book with her on these spy skills I'm teaching her, and then uh, it's going to be something where she'll be able to just earn the royalties off that. And, um, you know, that will just kind of add to, to her savings account. Yeah. But then she can go back and look at the book and look at the video links in the book. And it can really cement those skills in, in her mind. So, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a couple right now, um, but that's one of them and that's, one that I want to get done sooner rather than later. Hopefully it can really teach these skills to other kids uh, that will keep them safer. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. And like you said, it's all to help your daughter, is it? And Mm -hmm. through helping her, you're helping countless other children to learn about the world nowadays. That's an amazing thing for you to do. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, it's hard to talk to our kids about that stuff. And um, I think when you when you dress it up to and, you know, put that spy kind of dressing on it and, you know, this is some cool spy thing. Yeah, they all want to be James Bond, although they've never watched the movies. <laughs> <laughs> You can't really let kids that age watch James Bond. No, um, but but they all know that going round the corner like this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that is just kind of something that will sell itself to kids and uh, and and make it look cool and fun and exciting and you know they'll they'll learn about just just basic safety skills that uh, their their parents should be teaching them. And maybe they don't know the skills themselves. It's hard to know how deep into things to go without scaring your child, because that's the last thing you want to do. Is you don't want to scare them into going out into the world. Because right. at some point, them little birds are going to flee the nest and you need them to. <laughs> but it's also about you do need to impact that knowledge because the last thing you want to do is let them go out into the world and not know how to protect themselves. Yeah, and I, I talked to her in, in some very familiar 
kids' tones, you know, when they're they're reading a book or they're watching a movie, there's good guys and bad guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about bad guys. There's some bad guys out there. You know, most everybody is uh, is a good guy or, you know, maybe not even a good guy, but like, just, you know, most people are just there, I guess. Most people are yeah. mediocre guys. And um, you can use anything, can't you? Like, even if you're watching a movie with them, you could be like, how would you get out of that situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. It can, it can be a, for us, it's spy skills, but it can still be, it can be a superhero skills. It can be whatever. Um, and, you know, all of those, those skills can be, you know, okay, a superhero needs to, needs to stay in good shape, so. This is the kind of stuff they eat, and this is the kind of stuff they use to fuel the, their body. And you know, a banana will will help you your muscles not get stiff, and so that's a good thing to eat when you're fighting crime. Or you've you know, even incorporated healthy eating with them now. <laughs> um, I we haven't really, um, but it's something that. I'm I'm writing about, but my point is it can be just anything. You know, we talk yeah. about basic first aid stuff, um, and eventually I want her to you know take some CPR and first aid classes when she's old enough. Um, and I'd really like her to spend some time being a lifeguard or something. Yeah, because I I think learning that stuff is extremely important but it's the same thing where it's like you know a superhero knows how to to help someone yeah when when they get hurt or a spy needs to know how to you know bandage up a wound if they're in a in another country yeah and they can't really get to a hospital that's amazing and so I know you've been writing other books as well, and these are more aimed at adults. Do you want to tell me about those? Um, well, I do have some, I mean, my most adult book, there's a book called Covert Affairs, and it has to do with like romance and seduction in espionage. Um, Very James Bond. Uh, yeah, yeah, there are. Definitely some James Bond-like stories in there, and they're they're all true stories. Oh wow! Um, yep, uh, there's there's one about uh, about Roald Dahl who wrote Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. A lot of people don't know he was a spy, but he was kind of a real life James Bond. He came to America and uh, really seduced a lot of women who were married to important people to influence policy and gather some intelligence. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Yeah. There's actually, I mean, there's a lot of British people in there because (laughs) again, you know, the, the British secret intelligence service was, um, well established, and really knew what they were doing before the Office of Strategic Services or uh, later the Central Intelligence Agency in America, before they even got off the ground or knew what to do. The British had been doing that for centuries. And it's funny because they used women when it was a time that women were just second-class citizens and they stayed at home and did nothing. You know, that's right. where femme fatales come from. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of these a lot of these stories are about women and it was very advantageous to use women because no one thought of women as a threat. No one no one thought of what they never held their tongue around around women because they never thought women were going to steal their secrets or well they didn't think that we'd understand it Mm -hmm. 
and yeah, it was just women. crazy that they were just so loose lipped around these women and these women was just like oh yes you're just fantastic you're fantastic and then it was like yeah we're going to rob every secret you're giving us yep women have always made fantastic spies and even right now um with with the internet there are um there are people posing as women on dating sites to try to steal secrets from military members or wow you know, some important business it's also the honey trappers isn't there the ones where yes you yep. know the partner feels like you know the man is cheating on them so they hire a honey trapper and they go on to the dating websites they arrange a date they they get them talking and then they go back to the wife the whole dossier of information and say there you go he was willing to cheat yeah yeah that i mean that kind of stuff happens and um a lot of times now just because of online it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be an actual woman no you know, they use pictures of women and try to speak in the voice of women. Um, but a lot of times these are men or teams of men that are, that are trying to entrap someone and get their secrets or blackmail them. Um, There's a lot of so closing down of like pedophile rings using that style of intelligence gathering. Because they will go uh, on to kid websites and interact as children right. and then find these pedophiles. Yeah, that that's uh, very common. I have some experience with with doing that myself. But yeah, you can. Uh, and the pedophiles are not very secretive about it. Yeah. They'll find the child that they like and confess everything to them. And really be open and gross and um, really tell the kids what they want, what they intend to do. Um, and yeah, that has led to many, many arrests because adults have decided that they're going to pretend to be children and entrap pedophiles, which is uh, kind of the same thing, but I, I find it grosser. Yeah. Um, which is why I, you know, I was involved in, in doing that for a little while, but it's not a, that's not a fun thing. No, especially when you know what they're imagining. It's just, like you right. said, with the stalker, you can't get into their head because that's not the way that you think. And it's very hard to get into the head of somebody that thinks very, very different, uh, differently to you. And, yeah, and I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't no. want to really be in a pedophile's head. What does strike me is, so you gather all this intelligence what then happens after uh, when you catch this person? Do you just offload all this intelligence on them and say, we've got your bank to rights? Um, what I did was I um, found, found an authority figure or a boss or a lot of times even a wife or something and just said, hey, you know, these are the messages going back and forth. Um, this this person thinks they're going to meet this 14-year-old boy. Um, and a lot of the time, the wives have no idea that their husband was like that. Yeah. In any way. Or they, they close their eyes to it, you know. I've heard from private investigators when wives think that a that a a husband is cheating on them and they they want them to 
you know, set a set a honey trap for them to prove it. Yeah. Most of the time, the wives know if their husband is a cheater or not. Yeah. We, we're just pretty good. Like you said, we're naturally born spies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, most of the time when you suspect something like that, you're right about it. Most people don't don't trust their gut. Yeah. I I tell people that all the time. Trust your gut. Trust your instincts. You know, no wild animal on earth would ever ignore their instincts. But as people, we often ignore ours. And so if someone gives you a bad or unsafe feeling or you feel like a situation might be unsafe, trust that. Yeah. Trust that and take steps to maybe take yourself out of that situation. It's, I've learned so much, even though I thought I knew everything about how to protect myself after my, after being stalked, I feel like I've learned so much from you. Good. Awesome. So what tips would you give to my listeners just to get them more aware? Um, so I'm just going to reiterate some things. Trust your gut. Um, be more aware of your surroundings. Um, make sure that you are undistracted you know when you see yourself walking down the street and you pull your phone out of your pocket and start to mess around with it go oh yeah 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 i gotta be aware yeah and so you know put it away get used to get used to practicing situational awareness and what i tell people is you know People watch to see who would be a good victim and then, you know, avoid those things. Yeah. Count the entrances and exits to buildings that you go in. Um, And I'll tell people when you go into a building, notice where things like the fire extinguishers are or where first aid is because all of that um, helps your situational awareness and can really help you. Most of, most of the time people don't understand like a fire extinguisher can obviously be used to put out fires, but it can also be sprayed in the face of an attacker it can be used to, you know, hit them over the head. It can be used uh, as for like blocking, for, as like a shield. Someone's got a knife. So, you know, always be playing those little games of what around me could I use yeah. if I were attacked here. Um, how could I get to safety if I were attacked here? Um, and then I'd say learn some physical self-defense and uh, learn where people are most vulnerable, you know, the eyes, the nose. Yeah. And if you ever need to, if you ever need to physically defend yourself, and hopefully you don't, you need to absolutely go for the most vulnerable points. This isn't some karate movie where you're going to have, you know, some cool three-minute fight. Put your thumbs in their eyes and escape as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. I also heard that you, you yell fire because if you yell help, a lot of people will try and turn a blind eye, which is really, really strange to me. So but, I was told that when I was a kid by my mom, it's a myth. Right. Um, especially 
when you're inside a building, you know, if you're inside the building where you work and you yell fire, what does everyone want to do? They want to get out of the building. Yeah. They're not, they're not looking to help you. So it's okay to wear, yell help. It's okay to, um, to yell exactly what you need. Um, again, predators kind of thrive on being isolated. Yeah. So anytime that you can yell and get people's attention is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, and, and those predators don't want you to, don't want you to yell. They don't want you to, to get attention. You know, they could, they could threaten you and tell you like, don't you dare yell for help. Yeah. And I say, even in those situations, even when you're threatened, yell for help because you don't know what's going to happen to you. No. If that, if that predator gets you alone. This has just been so insightful. I can't thank you enough for talking with me today, PJ. So where can they, where can my listeners find you and your business, Archangel Protective Intelligence? Um, you can you can search it up on Facebook. Um, there is a there is a page at archangelintelligence.locals.com where where you can find me. But I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, I I actually try to kind of limit my social media but uh, i do a lot of instructional videos on youtube as well and we we talk about you know kind of the crime that is trending at the moment like uh right now follow home crimes have been really in the news yeah and so um you know people have been getting out of stores and someone follows them home and, and robs them. And I talk about um, how to detect that, like, uh, you know, driving in some circles and making yeah. sure that, you know, that person's still there with you or getting on and off the highway um, a number of times, but never going home if you're being followed. Yeah. Never letting a, a person know where you live if you're, you're being followed or driving to a police station or getting yourself pulled over or going into another store. Um, it, it just really allows just, you to get out there and say, I know you're following me. And it's that raising right. awareness again and being a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's that's really what all of this is about is... You want to be a struggle. You don't want to be an easy compliance target that they're looking for. So, heads up to any of my listeners who was thinking that was a good target. I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, PJ. Thank and I'll be putting so all of your links on my social media pages so you can head on over. To my pod, uh, to my Facebook page, and everything will be on there, so you can find PJ. Thanks. I hope you found my conversation with PJ as interesting as I did. All of PJ's links can be found on my social media pages, which is Facebook at Podcast Official and Instagram and TikTok at Podcast Underscore Official. If you've got a funny or inspiring story to share, please email me on officialpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave a rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or a recommendation on my Facebook page. These help my little podcast find bigger audiences. But for this week, I've chewed your ear off enough. Watch out for the Billy Bullshitters and I'll talk to you soon.